0: Well, as I said, this morning we're starting a sermon series called uh, Game On, and uh, you've seen the graphics in your uh, order of worship, and so what we're going to do this fall is piggyback with this whole idea, especially in the southeast of football, sports, uh, fall sports that kick off, and uh, so today we've got the tailgate after our service, so we're going to uh, get out a little early, and we're going to let you guys head up the hill. And if y'all want to tailgate, we've got stuff for the kids to do. Uh, there's water activities. There's all kind of things. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, if you didn't bring a sack or a lunch, or, or, or but if you want a, ba- a box lunch, we've got a few extras. So come hang out with us after uh, the service there uh, where Howard Community is, our, our parking lot back in the back. But game on, game on. So uh, this morning, the scripture I want us to look at is in... Uh, Robert, if you'll throw me those glasses or... or Thank you, Cassidy. Yeah, I brought my smaller print Bible, so I'm going to need my reading glasses. Uh, but uh, I love the idea of, of um, game on because we need to be all in. We need to be fully prepared for life because, uh, as you know, you don't get a second chance of this. We only get one chance. And so God knows that because he's created us and put us in this game of life. And so the scripture I want us to look at is in John chapter 14, so if you don't have a Bible, it's written in your uh, order of service. But John chapter 14, I'm going to start in verse 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is the night that he's going to be uh, arrested. The next day he's going to be crucified. So these chapters, 14, 15, 16, and 17, are some of the, the coolest things. I shouldn't say that. They're awesome, what he says. But, but everything Jesus says is amazing. But think about you're only with your guys and your followers for a couple more hours, and then you're going to be separated from them. And they're going to watch you get tortured. They're going to watch you get mocked. They're going to watch Roman soldiers spit on you. They're going to to watch people, as you're hanging on a cross, hurl verbal abuse at you. So Jesus knows he's fixing to go through, physically, some horrific punishment, some torture. But he also knows that, that as he's hanging on the cross, God Almighty, his Heavenly Father, is going to take the sins of all of humanity, including my sin and your sin. And God is going to place those sins on Jesus. And God is going to judge my sin in his son. So Jesus knows this is is what he's got in the next few hours. And so as he's with his men, as he's with those who followed him, and women are included in in this company that are with him, he's saying some of these words that just are so, so significant, so important, so meaningful, because you know after this crucifixion, they're going to be freaking out. They're going to be scared. They're going to hide. Now, he is going to appear to them, and he's going to be able to teach them for a period of 40 days, and he's going to be able to reassure them and all those kind of things. But these are some of the last moments that he has. So as you read these chapters in your leisure, uh, every, wo- every word has great weight to it. But he says this in verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, that he might be with you forever, that is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Let me flip over to uh, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Let me flip over to chapter 16. This is verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they did not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no longer, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Verse 13, but when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of mine, and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I say, he takes of mine and will disclose to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here's Jesus telling his followers, God's going to send. God's going to give, God's going to allow you to experience his Holy Spirit, the fullness of Him in you. And the reason that's so significant when I think about game on, the reason it's so significant when I think about being in the game is because a good coach is going to prepare his or her athletes for the experience they're going to have in that match, in that game, whatever it is, he's going to do the best, She's going to do the best that they can to prepare you what do you need? You need to know the plays. You need to know the signals. You need to know the, the, the person that you're playing against or the team that you're competing against. You need to understand all of these things. And when you do and you practice and you practice and you practice, how many, Carson, how many pitches have you practiced throwing? You probably, millions, right? I mean, in, in her career, she has just wound up and thrown millions of pitches probably, at least hundreds of thousands or maybe 10,000. I don't know. I'm really going to exaggerate with millions, but, but a lot, right? And so you practice, you practice, you practice. But then when you get in the heat of the game, what do you do? You rely on what you've done in the past. And so a lot of these disciples, man, they've been fishermen. One was a tax collector. Some of them are just husband and wife who just following Jesus. And they, they haven't had this opportunity to, to day in and day out live it. And God knows that about us. And so when this game on starts, God's saying, how do I, what do I, when do I get them ready? And so these three years with Jesus, he's been getting them ready. We've got the New Testament. We can read it. We've got the Old Testament that lays the foundation. But then he said, okay, listen, when Jesus comes back up to heaven to be with me, my followers are going to struggle unless I do something about it. And what God has chosen to do about that is to give us his spirit. And it's the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about gifts. We talked about, what do you like about your birthday? What do you like about Christmas? And so God has given each one of you gifts, abilities, talents. And when we use those to serve others, we honor God, we glorify God. Well, one of the greatest gifts he gives us is his spirit, his Holy Spirit. Not only to be with us, the advocate, one who's called to be alongside, but to be in us. Now, how does this help us? I mean, it helps us in lots of different ways. One of the best ways is that that gives you and me the power to do whatever God calls us to do. Let me give you an example of this that has always helped me throughout my, my Christian life. And that is, what does the Holy Spirit in me enable me to do? And here's the example I like to use. Uh, Witt and I, we've played golf before, and, uh, and I like the game of golf. I, I started playing because Fran, my wife, we tried, when we got married, we tried to do something together. We, we tried tennis, racquetball, all these kind of things, and nothing was working. And I said, Honey, what, what else did you do growing up? She said, Well, I played golf with my granddaddy and my daddy. It's like golf. Man golf so I thought okay well my great uncle had given me some clubs and so we I got those out and dusted them off and we went out and played golf and the golf bug bit me and I'm like man I like this game you know I stopped playing competitive football and baseball and wrestling and all those things I did growing up and and uh and now I was you know grown and I was playing church softball and that was about it and and golf was well it was fun because it was challenging I mean you can hit a great shot then you hit a terrible shot and and it's like wow there's 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 a lot to this and uh, so I started playing, and I was doing youth ministry at the time, and I had youth directors that were other churches, and we played together, and, and then I went to seminary, and there's guys that we played, and then I was a Methodist minister, and you always got churches, church members that like to play. So I played a lot of golf. Now, there's two reasons. To, I don't shouldn't do this, that's four. There's two reasons I don't play golf on the professional PGA Tour. There's two reasons. <laughs> one is because I feel like God's called me to preach. The other one, and I can tell you, I'm just not that good. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not that good of a golfer. But let's suppose we could deal with those two issues. Let's say the first issue, because I feel like God's called me to preach. Let's say God appears to me tonight and says, Mark, I'm going to give you five years, man. I'm going to let you be on the PGA Tour for five years, and then I want to call you back in the ministry. You got, you got my blessings for five years. That would deal with the first issue, right? That would be awesome. And I, could, I could wake up and say, friend, I'm going to join the PGA Tour. The second reason, oh, I'm not good enough. I could practice, I could practice, I could practice. I'm not going to be good enough to compete with those guys. There's no way. But let's suppose, okay, just for the sake of this crazy illustration, let's suppose that we could take the ability to play golf that the number one player in the world has. His name's Dustin Johnson. Let's say we take his ability to play golf and we duplicate that. We just we take it. So now we've got it. You know, just kind of like, uh, have you all seen, uh, what's that thing with Michael Jordan, uh, the Monstars? Who, uh, what's it called? Yeah, Space Jam. You know how they took took the ability to play basketball, and they took them out of those guys and put them in the... Y'all remember that? If y'all had not seen that movie, it's really funny. But the bottom line... So let's say we we take that ability to play golf from Dustin Johnson. He still has it. He's still the number one player in the world. But we've duplicated it. And let's say we can take that ability and place it into Mark McGonig. Now, Mark McGonig has the ability to play golf just as well as Dustin Johnson, who's the number one player in the world. That doesn't mean he wins every week. That means he's won enough to be ranked number one in the world. So right now he's playing better than everybody else on a regular basis. That makes sense. So now I can play golf just as well, at the same level, same as Dustin, Justin, Dustin Johnson. Whew. So let me ask you a question. We've dealt with one. We dealt with two. Can I play on the PGA Tour? Give me a bigger. Can I play on the PGA Tour? One more time. One more time. Yes, right? I can yes, I can do that. Because I've got God's permission and then I've got the ability to play golf just like I can out oh man, I can hit those 350-yard drives. I can sink a putt from 15 feet. I can sink a putt from two feet. I can do all those things in the sand. I don't care. The sand shot's easy to hit. I mean all I got it all. I got the skills. I got the skills. I got the skills. I can play. Because of that ability, is it my ability? No, it's Dustin Johnson's, right? And it's inside of me. Did I do anything to earn it? No, it's just a crazy illustration I'm using to help you understand it, help me understand it. So in Christianity, that's what God does. He looks down at Mark McGonig. He says, Mark McGonig is not going to be able to walk the Christian walk. He's just not going to be able to do it. He's finite, he's foul, and he's fallible. I love him, I created him, but he's not going to be able to do it. So here's what I'm going to do, God said. I'm going to live in him. I'm going to place my Holy Spirit inside of Mark. So Mark now has the ability to love others, to forgive people, to be patient, to say words of encouragement, not words that tear down. I'm going to help him understand the scriptures because my spirit's going to speak to him and teach him. And God does that for each one of us. So game on. So the coach has got us ready. I mean, we we got everything we need. Now we can get in there and take care of business. Why? Because we are able. We are able. I'm able. Say you're able. One more time. I'm able. So you're able, not because of who you are, but because who he has made us to be. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit lives inside of each one of the believers. And if you want to be filled with the Spirit, continue to yield and say, God, fill me with your Spirit. Because he's given the Spirit to us. But without measures how we want. There's just no, it just keeps coming. It just keeps filling us. It just keeps filling us. He fills us, not it. But he fills us, amen? And so what do I need to be fully engaged, to be all in? i got to have God's Spirit. And God says, I will give the Spirit to everyone who asks. So this morning, as we conclude in this little while, we're going to ask God to fill us, to fill us, to fill us with his Spirit. Because he's given us his Spirit but we want to be filled without measure. It just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. So what does that look like? So if you're a principal, we've got a principal in here. Where is it? Where's my man? Stand up. So God wants to fill him. I'm coming out of the frame. I know I'm coming out of the frame. Sorry about that. <laughs> so as he starts school tomorrow, I say, God, fill him with the spirit. God's going to fill him with the spirit, right? And so you can sit down. You did a great job. And so what's going to happen <laughs> is when he goes to school tomorrow, guess what? If you need wisdom, where do you get wisdom from? You get it from God, right? If you need patience, where do you get patience from? You get it from God, amen? And so all that I need, it doesn't mean I don't work hard. It doesn't mean I don't do all these things. But where's the reservoir of all of this wealth of stuff that we have to have? God. And so he gives it to us. So you and I can walk in grace, you and I can walk in freedom, you and I can walk in love, you and I can walk not being anxious and concerned and and just fearful. No, God says, don't be afraid, fear not, because I am with who? You! I'm with you! So there's no need to be afraid. Everywhere I go, God's presence, His Holy Spirit, is not only with me, but God's presence is in me. So this afternoon when we go slip and slide, this afternoon we go hang out, this afternoon when you go home, wherever you're going to go, guess who's with us? God is with us. And what do you need to be the best person you can be on this team? God's Spirit, right? And so God's not going to say, well, Mark, I, I, you know, you've upset me, you've, you've offended me, and, and so no, you don't have my Spirit today. God doesn't withhold those kind of things from us. God says, you know what, and, and this is part of what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. So when I do something I shouldn't do, when I say something I shouldn't think, say, when I think something I shouldn't think, the Holy Spirit, part of what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit convicts me. It's not this overarching condemnation where you feel like you're not good and if you feel condemned, Romans 8 says there's no condemnation in God. There's no condemnation in Christ. So if you feel condemned like you're just, oh, you're no no good, that's not the Lord. The Lord convicts us of sin. And it's a very pointed, very specific, you know exactly what you did. Oh, Father, I am... I did that, I thought that, I, I, and it's very, very sharp. It's very cutting. So if you have this overall feeling that you're not any good, that's not of God. Just ask God to take that from you because God wants to take that from you, okay? And so you come to him, oh, what does he tell you? Oh, you're my son, you're my daughter. I love you, Jesus died for you. You are that worth, you are worth that much to God. They would give his only son for us. So you are not worthless. You are, you are not just somebody that... that, that, that Oh, no. But when you mess up, and when I mess up, guess what the Holy Spirit does? Points it out. And what do we do in response? Oh, we repent. Amen. Ask God to forgive us. And he does. He quickly does that. So when you stumble and you fall, then you get right back up. And that's why we need to be in community. That's why we need to be in church. Because if I stumble and fall, I'm all by myself. There's nobody there to help pick me up. Where'd Robert go? Robert, I need you, man. Come here, Robert. Come back up. Robert, Robert. You yes, Robert. Noah, come up. Robert is back there, right? Okay, Noah, you're gonna be you're gonna be my man. All right. So here's Noah. Noah's a great guy. No Noah, he's a good man, and he wants to walk with the Lord. Okay, and so uh, he's walking with the Lord. I'm gonna trip you, but it's gonna be okay. And so Noah Noah's walking, with, and then he then he trips and he falls, and he's not doing good. And he's he's got a bad habit, and he keeps falling into sin. He keeps falling into sin. And if he's all by himself, he's going to waller in all of this depression. He's going to waller in all of this condemnation. He's going to waller in all this kind of stuff. But guess what? Because he's my friend, and I know he's not doing well, I'm going to come up to him and say, Noah, what's going on, man? And because Noah knows he can trust me, guess what Noah's going to say? Hey, Mark, man, this is what's going on in my life. And guess what I'm going to get to do? I'm going to get to pray for him. And I'm going to say, Noah, man, come on up. Man, God loves you, and you're forgiven, and let's walk together. And so we walk arm in arm, and man, we take the kingdom of God together, amen? But if he falls and there's nobody there to help pick him up, guess what? The devil's going to keep beating him over the head, and the devil's going to keep telling him how bad he is, and how worthless he is, and how nobody can trust him, and nobody's going to want to be with him, and nobody's going to be his friend, amen? But I'm his friend. And so I'm going to be there. And I'm going to say, what's going on, man? I know you don't don't look like you're doing all right. And he's going to be able to talk to me. And we're going to be able to pray together. And it's the Holy Spirit that works in us. Isn't that right, Robert? Uh, Noah. Noah, I love you. All right, man. Go ahead and see. Where is Robert? Where is my man, Robert? Robert, I love you, man. Thank you for not coming up. All right. All right. So. So the bottom line is, we gotta have the Holy Spirit, and God knows that because we're in a game, and this game is a competition. Yes, but sometimes you can look at it in the scenarios of if you describe this stuff. Man, we're in a war, because there's scriptures in the Bible that talk about warfare, and our, there's a battle over our souls. Amen. And that's why you got the whole thing uh, in Galatians about the armor of God, and you put that on, and we'll talk about that on another sermon. But man, in this game of life, it's good things. Sports is not living and dying. Okay, it's competi- competition, but, but there's, this, there's this struggle, amen? There's a struggle, and if you and I don't have the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be victorious. We're not. We're going to stumble, and we're going to fall, and we're going to just wallow in defeat. But an athlete who's been coached, an athlete who knows the game, realizes, you know what, you, you may lose, but guess what? You're going to get to play again. It's not your last loss. Now I don't want to pick on any Auburn fans, okay? How many Auburn fans we got? I know we got some Auburn fans, right? Yeah. Man, Auburn kicked Georgia's rear end in November. They just beat us to a T. Thank goodness I was out of out of the country doing Elizabeth's wedding and I didn't get to see the game and I heard about it. We were kind of watching it in Jamaica, but it's like, but we just got whipped. But what happened a couple weeks later in the SEC Championship? We got the opportunity to play that same team that humiliated us on national TV. And we had the opportunity to, to, to play better, and we did. And I'm glad we did. And in sports, there's that time. You might get beat. You might be beat. you might get humiliated on national television. You won't, but we won't. We might watch Carson one day when she pitches for South Carolina. She might be pitching. And you know what? You might have a bad game. But guess what? She's going to have a chance to come and play again. You know, now we might watch it in high school. I don't know. We might, might, might be some TV games in high school, but but she's going to go to South Carolina and she's going to pitch, or that's the plan, right? That's the plan. You are going to make Sam Silverman, one of my best buddies, very happy because he's a Gamecock, and uh, he likes South Carolina. And I don't root for them as much. I'll start rooting for them. But here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. In this game of life, man, game on. God knows. And so to be all in spiritually, he's done everything that we need to have done to make us successful. You and I just have to walk in it. You and I have to surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And then as you're filled, you just let him lead you and you let him guide you. And God's word helps us. Remember that one of the things I read that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance all that I've taught you. So that's part of what the Holy Spirit does he helps us remember the things that we've learned okay he helps us to remember the things that Jesus has taught us or if you're reading the Bible and you say I don't really understand this how do you understand it by the interpretation of the Spirit so the Holy Spirit helps us understand and if you don't understand then you've got a counsel of wisdom and, and, and wisdom in the of multitude of counselors, and, and God can, can help you. You can come to, to Griff, or you can come to me, or Fran, or Haynes, or some other leaders within the church, LC, and, and Liz, and, and just say, hey, help me understand this. Some of your Bible study leaders, some of your Sunday school class teachers, all of us as we're learning and growing, the Holy Spirit helps us understand it. Amen? So as I'm reading the Bible, it's not, it's not just me trying to figure it out, but it's the Holy Spirit shining the light and saying, this is what it, what it means. And, and And we have a uh, you know, generations before that have interpreted Scripture, and we help and we understand, you know, just what does the, the church really embr- how does it embrace this idea and those kind of things? How has it worked out day to day? You know, and, uh, and, and we have to have that. We talk about the conviction of sin. So when you mess up, He's, the Holy Spirit's going to show you. He's going to tell you. Why? Not to make you feel bad. Not to keep you wallering down in the mud, right? But to, so you can repent. And why can I be forgiven? Because of the blood of Jesus, amen? The blood cleanses us. Woo! It's like taking a bath, man. You just you come out sparkly clean. I love it. When the, uh, the mission team went to Alaska and uh, we, we did the glacier tour and we were looking at all these glaciers and all these mountains that have snow in the middle of August. There's still snow up on top of these huge mountains. It's, it looks so clean. It looks so pure. It was just it was white snow. Purity. And so, so uh, the scriptures talk about being white, pure before God as Jesus cleanses you. As Jesus cleanses me, we are clean to walk and to play this game of life and enjoy it to the fullest, amen? And so the Holy Spirit does all of these things for us. And I want us to to attack this game with confidence, with assurance. Why? Because you're not doing it in your own strength. I'm not doing it in my own strength. We're doing it because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And, And we have the ability the next day to do right, the next day to do right, tonight to do right. And if we do wrong, confess it, move on, and keep going. Amen? Amen. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come up. This isn't our closing song. This is just a song for for prayer. So you guys are going to maybe do the good, good father melody or something like that. I don't want um, singing. I just want the music. I threw a curveball to them, but that's okay. Not as fast as uh, Kelsey's curve, but anyway, um, Carson's curve. So uh, as they're playing, as they're just playing instrumentally in the background, I want us to just ask the Father to fill us with His Spirit. This is an experiential time. And if you're uncomfortable, uh, I I understand that. But those who are asking, those who are willing, just say, God, fill me with your Spirit. If you're visiting this morning, I am so glad you're at Martha Bowman. Amen. Um, If you're not a believer yet, just just enjoy the music. Uh, But if you are a believer, if you are walking with the Lord... Ask God this morning to fill you with His Spirit. Because the game is on. We're in this whether we want it to be or not. Amen? Fill us with the Spirit. If you want to come and, and kneel and pray, you're welcome to do that. And in just a minute, I'll close out this prayer time, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll conclude our service. We'll take up our offering, and, and we'll be dismissed. But, but as we're playing, let's just spend some time asking God to fill us with His Spirit, forgive us of our sins, and be prepared for this game. Amen.